name is Mary Mosier. I'm a sophomore at North Garland High School, and today I will be talking about how systemic racism affects people of color in schools. This one is from the student's perspective. So first off, I will be interviewing Kiana Sampson. She is a junior at North Garland High School. Um, so Kiana, could you share an experience where racism has affected you in school? And do you think that the school could have done anything to prevent it from happening in the first place? An experience I had dealing with racism at school was in freshman year, and I was in class doing my assignment. Mind you, I was the only black person in that class. And I heard these two boys talking. And out of the blue, one of them says, oh, I don't like black people, and proceeds to say, proceeds to say the N-word. And I look back, first of all, I look back in shock because I couldn't believe he said that. But I look back, and he looked at me, we made eye contact, and he said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And right then, I just felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to be seated next to him. I didn't want to be in the same classroom as him, let alone have to work with him. And it was sad because I didn't have anybody to lean on. Nobody nobody in that class would know how I feel because I was the only black person there. And I feel like if a student comes to you and said this and say this is what ha- this is what happened and I don't feel comfortable, the school should take action. There should at least be at least be a suspension, not just a slap on the wrist. Because racism is violent. It's not just words. It's actions with those words. We don't know how violent this person could be. So one day they could just be saying things, and then the next they could be committing horrible actions on people of color just because they're a person of color. Removing this person would make school a better environment for us to learn we would feel more comfortable to come to school how do you expect students to learn in an environment they don't feel safe in it's impossible so i really think if if we really want to combat against racism we have to take it seriously and there has to be consequence consequences given to students who act out in that way I completely agree with you. Like, it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but they should have at least been punished, especially since it was in a school setting where everyone should be able to feel safe and comfortable expressing themselves. Like, I cannot begin to fathom what that must have been like. So thank you so much for sharing and for your time today, Kiana. Okay, so the next person that I will be interviewing is Ashley Archuleta. She is a junior at North Carolina High School. Um, and so my first question for you, Ashley, is can you share an experience where racism has affected you in school? I think the second question is kind of a good example of white privilege or white passing privilege is that I don't really have a personal experience of racism affecting me at school. My friends have had to deal with that, but it's not something that I have personally had to deal with. The only thing I can think of that's remotely similar is stereotyping. The stereotyping that happens is nowhere near the level of disrespectful or just rude, uh, bigoted that the racist things that have happened to my friends are. It's not like anywhere near that level. The only thing that I can think of that is remotely similar is being assumed to be of Mexican descent or Mexican because I say I'm Hispanic. Just the complete like 
ignorance towards the existence of other Latin American countries and things like that. That's probably the only thing I can think of that is remotely, remotely similar in any way. Yes, we do not like ignorant stereotypes. Um, so my next question is, like, in today's society, what are some of, like, the pros and cons of being a white-passing Latina? There are a lot of pros to being white-passing. I think that it's something just like with white privilege. It's not something you really realize or can take account of in everyday life. The way that I do realize is when I'm with people who are people of color who are clearly people of color and not white passing. When I'm with them in public spaces, kind of the way that they react to things and the way that um, they have to be in public spaces. Uh, For example, I'm a person who is really loud and kind of obnoxious in public spaces, um, whereas my friends of color have to be calm because they're perceived differently from I am when I am being you know loud in public spaces I am just a random teenage girl being loud and when they're doing it it's it's almost perceived as threatening or just disturbing or suspicious Um, the cons that are with that for me because I am 100% Hispanic but I don't look it and so a lot of times I will lose my connection to my culture into my roots and so I kind of have to reassure myself of that pretty often um, whereas it's not like a visual reassurance that this is who I am and this is my culture and this is where I'm from and everything like that it's not visual it is you know through food through um, foods like that through um, through just the way that we speak in our home certain slang we're um, certain slang words we use um, that are particular to where I come from in in the countries that I'm from. And so it's things like that that I have to constantly reassure myself of my culture. And it's not just visual. It's something that I have to be reminded of um, frequently because it is a part of my identity. And it is something that I kind of lose sight of because I am someone who somebody who is white passing. Thank you for your input, Ashley. That is all we have time for today. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.